1: Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. What's up,
0: Cuse Nation? Welcome to the Cuse Nation podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sean and Joe here to give you an end of the season wrap. Uh, Syracuse loses in the second round in the NIT to Ole Miss. Uh, we will go over that. We will go over uh, the latest recruit that's committed to Syracuse ball. And uh, breaking news today that Mike Hopkins is taking a, the, the head coaching job over uh, yeah. in Washington State uh, for the Huskies. So um, all that this episode. I think it's episode 19. 20. 20 20 not 20 alright episode 20 so thanks for tuning in Joe what's up buddy
2: what's going on Sean
0: oh no a whole lot um, glad
2: to be back on the east coast
0: <laughs> yeah Joe Joe was uh, we feel so bad for him that he was had to go to California <laughs> to work <laughs> oh, it must have been awful <laughs> Syracuse, well at the same time actually I'm in Virginia Beach but at the same time Syracuse was getting pounded with like three foot of snow so, and Joe's in, yeah. Joe's in California. So, um, well, the NIT wasn't all I thought it would be, I guess. Um, nope. I thought, I thought we were going to do way better than that. Even the first game was a little shaky for me. Uh, Gillen didn't show up to either one of them. I don't know, um, you know, I don't know what the deal was there. But he in the game against Ole Miss, he, he looked like he just didn't even want to shoot. Meanwhile, Tyler no. Ryden with another double-double, I believe it was his ninth of the year. I think he should have more than that, but, um, with his size in there on the rebounds, um, 14 rebounds, eight offensive, uh, with 15 points. And, um, I was impressed with that. It took a long time for Andrew White to get going. The, the offense in, against Old Miss in the first half was just stagnant, stagnant, stagnant. And, um, not to yeah. mention um you know they were crushing us on the threes i mean they hit 15 out of 32 to our you know 8 out of 30 um so i mean you can't yeah. you know it's tournament time they 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 they, they played with more yeah. energy the tempo was too slow for Syracuse they always they they do best with with a with a fast tempo with an up pace and they just didn't control it and it took too long like i said for white to get going uh he was virtually you know irrelevant in the first half. So, I mean, that's what I got out of it. What do you got, yeah. Joe?
2: Yeah, well, I think a lot of it was Gillen. I mean, he's the most emotional player on our team, so I'd be willing to bet that you know, he was probably the most upset about not making the tournament. It looked like he was checked out from even the UNC-Greensboro game. Um, wasn't even looking for his shots, and uh, yeah, that, that was definitely tough, because Bayheim said the whole year that we go... Hey, John Dillon goes, so usually games like that, yeah, that's Then we lose, you know. Usually, usually games like Greensboro. I mean, if, if you really think about it, if if Andrew White doesn't go on the three point tear that he does against Greensboro, then yeah,
0: we probably we probably
2: would have lost that game. Yeah, so, you're
0: exactly right. He scored thirty four points or something like that in that game.
2: Um, right. You well, know, I know, I know you you talk about White. Yeah, Like, taking a little bit of time for him to get going. But still, I mean, we were still up at half, and we shot ridiculous low percentages. I don't know. I think we could have finished better down low. I think we could have shot a lot better. We really could, should have been up double digits at halftime, Oh, we should I have believe. been up by
0: 12. We should have been up by about 12 at the half. They blew a nine-point lead um, just minutes Fast. before the half ended. Yeah, it was like a minute yep. and a half or two minutes. Uh, we shot... You know, I- we shot forty-one percent from the floor, but only fifteen percent from behind the arc. Two for thirteen in the first half. It's just, you know, yeah, empty, empty trips. Oh, and Ole Miss was playing really sloppy. You talk about they were. You you talk about being up by at least double digits at the half. I mean, they played very sloppy. We just weren't turning their turnovers into points in the first half. I mean, right. It just wasn't there. So and like well,
2: I got the luxury to watch the game at eight a.m. in. Uh, Los Angeles traffic on my iPhone, so uh, there were some things that I missed. But
0: oh, okay. from what
2: I saw, um, we let three guys shoot 14 for 22 from the three-point line, and they shot 15, I think 32. And with us not hitting in the first half, that's just the story of the game story all year, really.
0: Yeah, it kind of it kind of does play into just the story of all year. You know, it was it was. Um, like you said, what Coach was talking about, our you know our our good wins. Gillen was playing hard in all those games, so yeah. Um, you know, without without like you you mentioned him being so emotional and getting the team pumped up. We looked for a leader early with this team. It took a really long time to even have anybody step up. He did yeah. being an older player. Andrew White kind of did towards the end. I mean, they call him Uncle Drew uh, yeah. <laughs> in the locker room. So. Um, you know, I'm actually gonna really miss Gil. You know, they only spent a year with us, but I'm gonna really miss those two. Uh, they were exciting to watch, and I'm I hate that it ended like that for them. Um, you know, but like you said, Gilan looked like he checked out. I'm mean, it's kind of disappointing to just to just almost feel like you know he he wasn't his heart wasn't in it anymore because he didn't make the tournament.
2: Yeah, it's a mentality part of it because he doesn't. I don't see him really having a a pro career ahead of him. Right. So. Yeah. You know, Andrew White still had a reason to to play hard. And I think Gillen probably transferring here just to play in the NCAA tournament in the big-time school. I mean, not making it. He probably was probably the most emotional about it, just based upon his emotion on the, on the court. You know, I don't know him personally, obviously, but uh, that's only what I could guess about that. So, right. But at the same time, I mean, he, he came in, he was coming off the bench, came in as a starter, and... Provided that leadership in the middle of the season, where he made the run to even be in the position that we're in, and definitely, especially the game I went to at NC State, provided some excitement. So, Duke buzzer beater. So,
0: yeah, without a doubt, like uh, that's probably the most memorable moment of the year for me was the Duke buzzer beater. You know, he had one against Clemson, but the Duke one was so much bigger. Um, well, Tyus'
2: battle was Clemson. Oh, that's
0: right. It was. It was Tyus' yeah. battle.
2: Um, no, he just had a really, I mean, he scored 43 at NC State and hit the three at the, at the end to uh, go into overtime and end up getting us our first that's road right. win. So, that's right. and that was, you know, I was there. So that, that, and obviously Duke, I mean, there's two really good, exciting moments. I mean, Dude. Andrew White played consistent all year. Um, Beheim mentioned in his post, you know, press conference that Toreen Thompson, if he would have averaged 32 points a game, like a normal starter, then he would average 15 points a game throughout the year. So there was a lot of of good to come out of it. I think the mistake that Beheim made was talking so optimistically about the team in the beginning.
0: Yeah, he actually apologized for that. He's not going to do that again. Uh, Oh,
2: yeah, he – yeah.
0: So um, (laughs) uh, one thing I wanted to talk about – we, we we lost the tournament. You know, it's over. You, you know, I mean, you can take the good. We just talked about the good. The bad about the year, though, in my opinion, was just the defense just was not there, really. I never really felt it all the time, a couple games here and there. Um, no. But the, inconsist- the inconsistency altogether, all the above on offense and defense, when you're not shooting like we normally shoot, your defense has got to be better, and it just wasn't there. So, I mean – Yeah. You know, and then, you know, then we look at now when you look at obviously the seniors and grads are gone. When you look at someone like a like a um, Tyler Lydon, you know, there's speculation as he's staying or going. I, I personally don't I don't think he's ready to go anywhere now. You know, it depends on if someone's waving money in front of his face. You know, that's how these kids are. You know, they see money. They they flock to it. And, and, and rightfully so. But. I just don't think he's there yet. He's not as consistent as he could be, and he could be a huge player next year coming back as a junior. Would be great for us. I mean, you know, I know it's yeah. a, it's a selfish thought, but what do you think? Do you think he comes back, or do you think he, or do you think uh, he leaves?
2: Well, I think that it was a little bit easier to grow a little bit of a profile last year with the players that he played around, and with his roles change, you know, everyone was looking to him to be the main guy, and he just and didn't some, do it. Right, and it's not that he's not a talented player, but he's not. It seems like he doesn't have the killer instinct-like scoring type, and he does make basketball the, the right basketball play. He is a good, solid player. Um, but for his game, I don't think his body's there yet, and he had the hype coming into this year. He could have came out and, and took it over, and he would be a first-round pick, and he even might be because they still have him up there in the draft boards. But I, to me personally, I don't think he had the type of year that uh that you should have no, you know I mean, he, coming from the hype and everything yeah. like that i think that i don't think he's going to person that's just me personally i don't think anybody's leaving early personally in my opinion
0: well i, I tend to agree <laughs> with you but every time i every time i say that someone like a Leiden will be gone and i'll be like why why i mean so i mean we'll just have to see i agree with you so that's our opinion from you know our perspective i think he stays yeah. i just don't think that i just don't think um, he's ready, and yeah, you know, I think he can be. I think staying actually for a lot of these players actually does them more good in the end than going early. So yeah, um, it, you know.
2: it, a lot of it comes down to just the body. You know, like you can't go into the NBA without that kind of strong body. I mean, Tyus Battle has a pretty strong body, but he still needs to worry or, you know, work on certain things and especially a little bit of confidence issues sometimes on the offensive end. And you can always help your body a little bit more. So, I mean, I feel like he's coming back and Leiden definitely and even Torian Thompson, he's got to put some muscle on. So Battle. Battle. I personally think those three are going to come back and going to be kind of the, the core group of – of next year.
0: Well, it would be excellent. And that brings me into um, the recruit that has committed this from ESPN insiders is Howard Washington out of Buffalo, New York. He's been a Syracuse yep. fan, grow up, grown up a Syracuse fan, had his eyes set on Syracuse since he was a kid. Uh, he's called from the ESPN insider. He's called the true point guard with a high basketball IQ. They grade him as uh, a scout grade of 80 um, and he's, they say he has a good understanding of the game and, um, he's a skilled player, totally, um, you know, efficient on the floor and, and, and he has the ability to run a team. So, you know, it, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it sounds great. And, in him, him want, wanting, wanting as bad as he does being out of Buffalo to be at SU, I think that that's a huge um, you know, momentum lift for just for him in his yeah. play, you know, he, he wants to be there. So I think that, you know, as far as player attitude goes, that goes a long way.
2: Yeah. So. I, I think, Um, I mean, I read something on uh, Syracuse.com was talking about how he, he's not afraid to, to get in there and, and speak his mind. And, and be, he sounds like a true leader. And I know last year he committed to Butler and yeah, he decided him. Yeah, he decided to go to prep school and uh, get his body a little bit better, and maybe hope for a better scholarship offer. And I think he found what he was looking for. Um, he's also a, a teammate of one of our recruits, the other, uh, the 6'6 uh, swing forward that's coming to our team next year, O'Shea Bissett. They're both teammates at the same prep school. So oh, no that might be able to bring in a little bit of cohesiveness, you know, oh, as far as playing together and stuff like that.
0: Apparently he knows but, a little of the zone too. Plus, I mean him, him having—if he has a high basketball IQ and he knows Syracuse, he's a Syracuse fan. He's definitely going to fit right yeah. into that. There's no doubt about it. And that's definitely no. a huge bonus from this year. Bringing in four guys that don't know squat about the Bayheim zone was a huge, huge uh, yeah. factor in our in our um, our you know our losses at Gross. the beginning of the yeah. season and the growth throughout the year. Yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah. um, looking forward to that. Have anything else on Howard Washington?
2: No, no. I okay. mean, he he's, um, seems like a decent player. Obviously, you never really know. Um, we know we needed a point guard, at least as far as a recruit goes, and we do this is the last year with um, the whole scholarships yeah, thing. But uh, Bayheim did mention about possibly going out and trying to find something. I do believe we have one more uh, roster spot left. So, there's still a graduate senior possibly that could be in play there. But, I think overall, we bring back a good core, especially if no one leaves early. Um, Matthew Moyer was a good player, but because of injury early in the season, um, wasn't going to be season long. But he wasn't going to crack the uh, rotation because of that. So that's why they redshirted him. But he's a decent player, and uh, Chukwa has um, not fully recovered, but the the surgery for his eye went well, and he's going to be back next year with a uh, you know seven two person in the middle of the yeah, that's great. zone. Yeah. So we and lost him obviously. Too and obviously Howard. I think Frank Howard this year was kind of in the doghouse all year, especially with you know not only Jim Beheim but the fans. And uh, but at the end of the day, he's you can see you can see the talent. I think he just got out of his head a little bit. And um, I noticed that Jim Beheim did say a lot of over throughout the season. He's had nothing but negative things. You know, he kind of critiques the players and is no nonsense. You know, harsh for truth and uh, brutal honesty and. This last post, uh, the press conference, um, he honestly kind of praised him and talked about Frank Howard better than he has all year. So maybe that's just a little ploy to give him a little confidence going into the offseason, but I think Frank Howard is going to be all right. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. All
0: right. Well, I mean, I hope you're right. I I didn't see much from Frank Howard as far as determination this year to prove anything. So uh, hopefully he comes into next year with a chip on his shoulder. And, um, coach is hard on the players to give them motivation and and he's tough love. He's a tough love coach. He's not going to coddle you, you know, there's no safe spaces around Jim Beheim when you're playing, you know, Syracuse orange basketball. It's just, it is what it is. So, um, this week or well this week today, um, news broke about Mike Hopkins leaving. And, um, you know, I think I wasn't, I just got to be honest. I wasn't. I didn't feel like a hundred percent comfortable at all with him taking over at the end of next year in the eighteen nineteen season. I after you know Coach Beheim was supposed to leave. Um, there's speculation Coach is going to stay now. Uh, you and I talked about this a little bit uh, this afternoon before the podcast, um, but I really hope that's true. And um, like like go ahead, go ahead. What, make the point that you made to me about bringing in a Hopkins after a Beheim.
2: Well, I was basically talking about. I mean, there's so many. I feel like as as the game of basketball has progressed and everything like that, I think things grow stale with the generations now and the fans and everything. And he's been there for so long. And whenever something doesn't go the fans' way, or especially the last three years, the way we've played. I mean, I know we made the final four last year, but not being eligible to even go to the tournament and then barely squeaking in to make a run and then not making it this year. I mean, fans are, they're getting a little anxious and they, they think that the two, three is outdated and some people want to see a change. And with Bay or with uh, Hopkins, I just don't, I mean, what you talked about, I was, I don't know if I was sold either. I know he's a great recruiter and Bayheim's never told him not to go and get a job, um, He's just always weighed his options and kind of hoped that his time would come at Syracuse. But do we really want another twenty five years of a Jim Beheim clone?
0: No, here's the thing. You can't because here, here's here's my thing with Hopkins, okay? He was gonna try to come in and be the next Beheim. You I'm sorry, and, and this is no disrespect to Mike Hopkins at all. We love him. We've loved him since nineteen eighty eight for crying out loud. I was ten yeah. years old. Okay. Um, yeah. there's 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 no Beheim 2.0, as you pointed out earlier. There's there's no Beheim clone. You can't do it. So instead of having someone try to do that and fail miserably, and have the fans and the media and everybody else um, insinuate that he's a failure when he just is not doing something as good as you know his his um, predecessor, then, you know. You, now, now you you know the beatings will continue until morale improves. You know it's not it's not a good spot to even put him in in the in the first place. And I think if they're if if Beheim's going to leave, change needs to happen. Change needs to happen. You need to bring in a young guy like a Shaka Smart, like I was saying earlier with you, Joe, or you know like the yep. the Buzz Williams type and do something different. Okay, and um, yeah, you know I just don't know who's out there. So if coach is going to stay. And try to pick up some of the pieces And um, you know his son's Going to be playing at Cornell So it's not like You know his son's going to be away playing You know that was one of his excuses for leaving So I mean I don't know You know it's just that's just how I see it I was kind of relieved when Hopkins The Hopkins news broke Today as much as we love him You know it's just You can't do it You can't do it you can't clone a Beheim. It's not going to happen
2: No and that's a lot of I mean a lot of coaches have have kind of gone that route as well, you know. You look at all the
0: Look at Thompson, Joe. Look at Thompson at Georgetown now. It took a couple of years, but I mean, you know, you got another you got another guy walking around with a towel. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, They're it's trying like, to live in the footsteps of his father. Yeah, who is And that's who, just ridiculous, e- you know.
0: Exactly. Look where they are. They didn't even make it ridiculous expectations. Yeah, and that's t- totally Totally. That's where I'm coming yeah, from. You I just, I just can't don't
2: do it. it's tough. A lot of times there's some teams that will hire coaches in house and stuff like that. But a lot of times it's just better for those assistants to grow than to go and do their own thing. You know. I you look at Duke for instance, and Jeff Capel used to coach there. He went off and he ended up being the coach of Oklahoma, albeit he got fired and he's back on the bench as an assistant coach with Duke. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a, a coach at a Power 5 school someday. Um, he had another coach, uh, Steve Wojcikowski, a player that played for him. He ended up going. He's the coach of Marquette. They made the tournament this year. Uh, Chris Collins was another assistant for Mo- uh, Coach K, and he was the coach for Northwestern. They got their first bid ever at the NCAA tournament. So sometimes it's just better off for them to – piggyback off of the success of their head coaches and go and try to create their own, their own thing. Then, then sit there and wait and try to be compared to them. You know, that's, that's right. just kind of how I look at it. And if you look, I was, I saw something today too, where something about Bayheim's Beheim's uh, salary, because he's been there so long, he only, his salary, I think is was like 2.1 million compared to other coaches. I mean, down here, NC state just got the, uh, they hired the uh, UNC Wilmington coach and he's been successful for years, and he's got, his average salary is $2.2 million at NC State, and they're saying that Washington was willing to pay somewhere between 2 and $3 million. so Hopkins is probably going to be getting paid more than Jim Baham next year, and Washington, he's a great recruiter, and Washington, they get players, but, but, but or whatever, he's been there for 15 years, and he's always got players, but He just couldn't do anything with him. He kind of reminds me of Leonard Hamilton. They can recruit, but the coaching aspect is kind of – so, I mean, I feel like that's – he's a West Coast guy too. He's from California. So I just feel like it was was a job he couldn't refuse at this point, especially considering, you know, we don't know when Bayheim is going to be done.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's probably not gonna. I mean, we probably won't hear about that for a while. But you know, we'll if we hear about it, you'll you catch it on the Facebook page or whatever. So I mean, we don't even know that for sure. I, I don't think I. I speculated as soon as I saw that that he was gonna stay. Um, longer, so that's pure speculation. Not, just to be clear, I haven't read that anywhere. Um, so have you, Joe? Have you- what. Have you read that Beheim's definitely staying longer? That's why they just Hopkins
2: Well, I know that this year was um was the uh the last year, the supposedly of the three years that he said, you know, that he was gonna go. But
0: <clears throat> No, next just, year, next year it would be.
2: Well, after next year, yeah. Right. It would be the last year, but I just honestly feel like he's still got a lot of coaching in him and I think he feels the same way. And I don't think that he is, wants to leave the program the way that it is. You know, I mean, he came in and he uh, he made a brand, and Carmelo Anthony helped him obviously. But at this point, I mean, people are worried about recruiting missed, losing Mike Hopkins because he's a great recruiter. But I think at this point, he's built it to where Syracuse kind of recruits itself. And has
0: got Jerry we, McNamara, too; he can recruit.
2: Well, yeah, Adrian Autry. I mean, we have players that can recruit or uh, coaches that can recruit, but. I just feel like Syracuse at this point is kind of a brand. and kind of recruits itself. And, I mean, Beheim I feel like he just wants to leave it in a better place. You know, with all these sanctions and the you know the recruiting, everything, like he just wants to leave it in a better place. I don't think he's ready to, to give up the, the range yet. And I think, I mean, you have to remember the last little uh, negotiation that they had was with the last athletic director. We have a new athletic director now, so. And now that Hopkins is gone, I think that opens up the debate. So whether, Ho- whether Beheim said something or not, with Hopkins leaving, it definitely opens up the – I think that kind of voids the contract. So right, exactly. I think he's going to be there longer than just this year.
0: Right, yeah, and I, I agree with you. So um, any final thoughts on anything we discussed? Anything else to, to bring up before we sign off? Um,
2: no, I mean, it's from the beginning of the year with optimism from Beheim. uh, I think and obviously coming off the final four run last year, I think it kind of skewed the view of what the season was going to be. And if, if we kind of would have looked at it with a little bit of common sense and experience of players playing with each other and seeing how many, how much scoring and, and leadership that we lost last year, uh, plus with the um you know the recruiting not having a lot there's enough scholarships I just feel like we didn't really come into the season as fans as probably um as realistic as we should have so, expectations were set a little high yeah I absolutely and that was partly Bay Hyman it was partly a little bit of uh just the fact that we made that run last year you know so I, I see no reason to you know worry or be really afraid of, you know, oh, we're losing the program, blah, 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 this. I think that we're going to be fine. Um, This next year is the last year that we don't have the scholarship uh, thing going on. So I think we'll be fine. But overall, if we would have been more realistic as fans, I think that we probably would have, probably would have been more, you know, positive about the outcome of this year, starting at eight and six and seeing where we've come from. I think uh, with some of the, the things that they gave us, the excitement, some of the games, and just how they fought, I think, uh, overall, I think it was a good year. Um, not the result that we wanted it to be, especially not making the tournament. Um, but at the end of the day, you make your own bed. We lost too many too many games early. and uh, Yeah. But to fight back and, and, and just, you know, compete like that in the ACC, and you knew every game was going to be a fight, and every game you're on the edge of your seat, and, and I mean... You couldn't ask for. I mean, there could be a lot worse seasons. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, we're a little spoiled as Syracuse fans, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, definitely but are. But we should be. <laughs> so I mean, we have every mm, yeah. we, we have every right to we have every right to to be spoiled. That's that's all. We growing up in Syracuse is all we had was Syracuse basketball. You know, football is always <laughs> yeah. mediocre. So. Um,
2: and, and you know, and in Beheim Beheim always gets upset about that and the expectations and how the hometown, you know. Reacts to losing and maybe not being as good as we expect, but at the same time that he created that
0: Right, exactly. you know, yeah
2: The teams and, and and winning the national championship and getting to the final fours and being as competitive and, and as talented as we've been the past, you know, 10 years eight years I mean He created that so exactly he's got to be able to expect that he's been there long enough to know how the fans are going to react. So yeah overall we wished it would have been a better result, but
0: it is what it is you know it took me yes, a day. it took me a day to get over it, but I'm over it now i mean it's it's race season um you know, I guess there's a lot of up i mean just take a look Moville got upset today villanova got i mean everybody's losing, so what the hell you know i mean no we're yet. in a great- we're in a good group I know you know the- so um you know, and we we will be back too with um uh, we are still covering the NCAA tournament, so we will record. Yep. We'll probably are we still on track for tomorrow night, Joe? On Monday. Yes, night we are. Record? Yes, we are. All right. So we'll record Monday night. Um, it'll be available. Probably. Just
2: a little shout out to hate uh, to not hate on the women's team, but uh, the women's team they uh, won their first round game against Iowa State.
0: Yeah, they got play um, UConn but, now.
2: Yeah, they got to play UConn first round. They got a like I said, a raw deal. They should have been better than an eight seed, but. You know they're still they're still playing, so yeah, exactly. we got so, lacrosse, we got lacrosse, and we got um, spring uh, practice and spring ball coming up for the uh, football team. So there's some things to look forward to. Anyway, we will be
0: back um, most likely. Joe and I will be back to cover ACC football um, come you know fall, and maybe if there's any breaking news in between now and then, recruiting and whatnot, we'll be there. Um, so just keep an eye out. Subscribe to whatever platform uh, you listen to and um, when a new episode comes up it'll it'll be there for you and um, you know because they're going to be sporadic and random so we appreciate all the listeners this year we appreciate everybody on the Facebook uh, page this year for the Syracuse stuff like I said we got two more episodes covering the NCAA tournament Uh, be sure to tune into those and uh, thank you once again we will be back Uh, so for Joe I'm Sean we are out we'll see you next time appreciate it
1: you just heard the Hughes Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet, crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships. The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs.
0: A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.